welcome to the Camden Fringe Pod, a podcast all about the Camden Fringe. Keep listening for a glimpse behind the curtains and to find out how you can get involved in, you guessed it, the Camden Fringe. Hello, I'm Michelle. I'm Zena. Welcome to the Camden Fringe Podcast. Any news, Michelle? Yes, I do have news. The news is that we have 300 shows confirmed for this year. Blimey, O'Reilly. That's definitely our biggest ever. Mm. And it's a nice clean number. So can everybody either not cancel or if you're going to cancel, then please get a friend to put on the show in this place. Yeah, so that we don't have to deal with an uneven number. Yeah. Because it's quite hard to look at, isn't it? It is. Have you got any news? So, well, today, of the day of the recording of this, is the 6th of July. And that means Camden Fringe starts this month. 25 days. Pretty soon, isn't it? It's pretty soon, yes. It's very it's soon. on its way. So today's episode, we are looking at dance and physical theatre and moving your body. We're going to be talking to Lewis Holt from Phrases. We're going to be talking to Sam and Corey from You're All Right and Nikki from Peahead Theatre, who's doing a show called Nostalgia, bracket, Saudade. Saudade. Uh, Hello, Lewis. Welcome to the Camden Fringe podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So your show, Phrases, is actually one of the earliest shows that we had to finalise. So we've been looking at your face for a long time now. So it's nice to meet you. Can you tell us a little bit about Phrases? Because it sounds like a a very interesting mix. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Phrases is a sort of mix of dance, physical theatre, improvisation, storytelling and stand up. There's also a, a projection element that runs throughout the show. Yeah, and it sort of explores themes of miscommunication, anxiety, sort of like tunnels of thought, feeling interrupted, hesitant. And also it sort of investigates, well, I say multiple uh, everyday phrases, but actually it sort of just hones in on one. Uh, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. And it sort of wonders what someone might do with that if they sort of ask too many questions of it or sort of get lost in the meaning of it. What happens if I don't have an apple every day? Is the doctor going to come and get me? What will they do to me when they find me? How can I just eat one apple every day? And is that enough nutrition? You know, sort of getting lost in uh, in the tunnels around that for comic effect, but also a sort of more pathetic, sort of dramatic look at pain, I think, of loneliness and anxiety. Well, there you go. Wow. <laughs> Is it his first outing as a show or have you performed it elsewhere? Yes. So first time at the Camden Fringe, uh, performed at the Greater Manchester Fringe last year, for which I won Best Newcomer, which was very exciting. Oh, wow. And also, so I made the show back in 2018, premiered it at the Curve Theatre in Leicester, performed it in Brighton, at the Old Market, at The Place in London, dance theatre venue, and also at Summerhall for the Edinburgh Fringe in 2019. So you said it involves some improvisation. Is that to keep you kind of on your toes and keep you interested? Yeah, I think that's sort of my approach to dance more generally. Like I I love multifaceted 
always new kind of element of improvising in dance. And I use a kind of a score-based method, which just to explain that briefly, I use sort of broad strokes of, of sort of instructions and textures to inform the dancing that happens. So I'll just sort of experiment with the idea of hesitation. And I know that in the show, maybe I'll be doing that for five-ish minutes and to help me like work out how long that actually is there'll be a, a, an element in the projection that comes in at the end of that so then I can start to go into the next section. What's your background if you're doing some stand-up and you're doing dance and all these different things have you sort of worked in all of them individually or are they all things that you wanted to have a go at? Yeah so my training is in dance. I went to De Montfort University to train in dance Whilst I was there, I met some folks who were doing the drama course and we got really into doing sketch comedy. Both of them were practicing stand-up as well, so they're they're still doing stand-up now. We ended up doing quite a lot of sketch comedy and we went to the Fringe in Edinburgh to do that in 2014. And we've sort of been, you know, keeping that on the back burner ever since. But I sort of pivoted into making these dance shows which incorporate elements of stand-up and sort of humorous text into them. In in a way, I don't really like to mix too much. Like the dancing I do in these shows is not really very focused on humour. It's maybe the dancing is sort of more part of a cathartic kind of emotional texture. And then I go into speaking and that's sort of where the funnies hit a bit more regularly. So it's, it's not super choreographed, because I guess you can do that with a one-man show. You don't need to be... I've got to catch this person at this stage. And you do it as you feel on that day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is sort of towards the end of the show, there's a lot of text that comes up on the projection. And so the score that I've chosen for that last kind of stretch is quite restrictive. So I really do just kind of repeat quite short loops of movement to give people a chance to be able to read this text as well as like take in what I'm doing. But for the earlier parts of the show, yeah, it's a lot looser. And I I find that much more enjoyable than having to hit, you know, beats. Has it changed quite a lot since you started? Um, Surprisingly not. I mean, there's certain things which I found over that long run in Edinburgh and also like stuff started to solidify a lot more certainly in the way I delivered lines and certain kind of moments of dance, I would start to repeat because it just felt nice to have something to go back to night after night. But the way I'm doing it currently, where I'm only doing it two or three times a year, I've sort of forgotten what those things that solidified were. So it's nice to explore again on stage. What kind of audience feedback have you had for this show? Because it does sound like the kind of thing that will really make you think a lot whilst you're watching it? I think lots of people have found it to be really relatable, I think, in the sense that this kind of long stretch of projected text towards the end is really just a kind of stream of consciousness expressing a variety of anxieties um, and sort of digging into them and sort of dwelling on them too much, but also doing it in a way which is sort of I suppose, well, it was mentioned in one review that it was unpretentious. So um, That's always good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's a sense that there's a kind of relatable humour which carries through even in the kind of more perhaps emotionally taxing bits. So, yeah, that sense that it's unpretentious, that it's fun and eccentric. These are things that people have said. 
it sounds so fringy, doesn't it? Like, where else could you do a show that has all of those things in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And who would be your ideal audience member? Yeah, I, I'm very up for having people who are into dance. Somebody did say that it was like Rambert meets Ross Noble. But I'm also really interested to to welcome in people who haven't seen much theatre before, certainly maybe not seen much dance. There was a, a person who I worked with as a rehearsal director who had worked in prisons quite a lot, and she'd said that this would work really well in prisons. And I thought, wow, I hadn't like imagined it kind of translating into that kind of context before, but I thought, oh, that's that's interesting that she said that, and I wondered what that meant, and it excited me. Um, so maybe people who've been in prison, I don't know. <laughs> You're going to try and book a book a tour. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Pent- is Pentonville is in Camden, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe oh. that could be a venue. We get there, maybe. Yeah, let's sort of get the word out. Hmm. Something to think about. So do you want to tell us when and where we can catch the show? Yeah, so the show is on um, the 11th, 12th and 13th of August at 4.30pm at the Hen and Chickens Theatre. Fabulous. And if you had a mooch around the Hen and Chickens to test out the floor? and uh... I've not. Ooh. But my friend Seke has performed there quite a lot and he assures me that it's, it's you know, ready for a dance show. Mark always gets in there very early and gives it a good mop, so it will be nice and clean for you. <laughs> Fantastic. Hello, Nikki. Hello, how are you doing today? Very good, thank you. Thanks so much for joining us to talk about your show. Do you want to start by introducing yourself to us, please, and then we'll have a chat about nostalgia? Well, I'm Nikki. I come from Greece originally. And I moved in the UK two weeks before COVID hit. Oh, no. Oh, no. But I'm alive. True. I survived. And basically, our theatre company, P-Head, started as a, let's say, childhood dream. It was something that I thought was going to be more unattainable uh, than it actually ended up being. So as soon as I made my friends through drama school and we kept talking about things and we kept being like, oh, that's a story we could tell. This is another story we could tell. We're like... Maybe it's time. And this summer, it's the time for us to tell our first story. We do all come from theatre backgrounds. I used to do theatre in Greece ever since I was 10. So it went a long way. And we're just really, really excited and afraid, but excited. (laughs) Do not be afraid. It's all going to be great. I mean, I think that's what fringe theatre is, really, is people going... I'm just going to do it myself. There's no point me sitting waiting around for opportunities to come along. I can put my own story together. I can put my own show together. So that's brilliant. And where did you get the name P-Head from? It's a nickname my friends have for me because apparently my head is small. It looks perfectly normal size to me. The show you're doing as part of the Camden Fringe is called Nostalgia. And then what's it in brackets? Is that the Greek word for nostalgia? No, this is a term we, when we were writing the play, we were trying to find a word to describe the feeling you have when you've been somewhere before and we couldn't, we couldn't figure it out. So we did endless Google searches. We're like, how can you describe feeling this and this and this? And then this word popped up and we're like, okay, we want it. It's going to be in the brackets. And your piece is inspired by a short story, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah, It's inspired by... Uh, a, a short story by Haruki Murakami, which I read when mm-hmm. I was 20. 
And it did resonate with me back then, but I feel like now it's even more prominent. So that's why we really wanted to play with it as much as we could and as much as our imagination allowed. Did you sort of have this short story and suggest to the rest of your group that they all read it? And did you all, like, were you all into the short story or did you have to convince them that this was the work that you should be doing? Well, I stumbled upon the short story a couple of months after I started thinking, okay, why not like do a show? So it was completely like by accident that I found it again. So I read it again. And then I met the, um, the person we we're kind of doing it with backstage, let's say. And I was like, hey, I have an idea. He was like, okay, let's go for a beer. So we sat down. I presented my idea as best as I could. There was a lot of rumbling involved. <laughs> and he was really, really happy with it. And then the best thing was when we contacted the movement director we wanted uh, on board for the project, when I said, oh, we're doing this short story, like, or it is inspired from, she was like, this is my favorite short story of his. And I was like, then come on in. This is amazing. And are there two of you performing it or more? It's going to be four of us. Um, we are aiming to be two couples on stage at all times. So it's going to be two boys and two girls because this, the short story is, and the way we're developing it is a lot about heartbreak and lost chances and thinking that oh I can I can definitely meet this person again and I this time I'll do it right so we want to showcase two couples on stage at the same time and in a sense showing the trajectory their life takes them on and how did you go about devising the piece it's going to be devised by our group we wanted it to be more of a physical theater piece because it's not going to have much of a stage design if you will um, it's going to be more narrating a story to the audience. Um, and since it's also not necessarily um, high stakes, we're not saving Earth from aliens. We're just telling a story that I feel like um, it is high stakes for the people being in it. Like losing your person and heartbreak is never something that could be overlooked. So we are slowly going through it as humanly possible, let's say, because we just want to say some, we just want to tell a story that will hopefully resonate with people. So it sounds like you're still in the process of putting it together now. We are very much in the process. That's exciting. Yes. We're all learning as we go because it is our first show as a company as well, um, which can also be intimidating. But at the same time, I feel like it does hold a special place in your heart, knowing that this is the first thing I'm doing ever. So let's see. I used to think it was a really bad thing not to have everything set in stone. But at the same time, it's a creative process. Like nothing can be set in stone necessarily all the time. Absolutely. You you can make mistakes and see how you get on. And then you'll know, you'll learn loads for your next show. Yeah, that, that's what we're hoping. We're hoping to learn, have fun and hopefully grow a little bit as individuals and within the process. I love that. I think learn have fun and grow that should be like the tagline for the Camden Fringe it's brilliant yeah it is so did you all do physical theatre together at drama school um no we, we didn't end up going to the same drama school again that's the thing when you meet people randomly and then you end up like getting along and you go oh what do you do and they go oh, I'm an actor and then what do you do and you go oh well funny story the really good thing is that we've known each other before working together so hopefully we'll still mm -hmm. like each other after this whole process ends <laughs> 
Uh, everyone has dabbled a bit with physical theatre before, but we also really mm. wanted to bring an external person to oversee this part of the process. That's why we are having a movement director work with us, just to feel a bit more safe, like we're in, in good hands. And so will there be music in the show? How much dialogue is there? It has quite a bit of dialogue, and music-wise, we are thinking more towards sounds instead of like instrumental music or lyrics or whatever like one thing that I find really interesting that hopefully we'll be able to incorporate in a nice way instead of an annoying way is the metronome because it will give not only the actors but also the audience a sense of time is passing by and you're letting it pass you by without doing something so it's going to make the play a bit more higher stakes like having that ticking sound be very, very prominent as you see like the people go through the, their daily life, their relationships and whatever comes. Is that going to go all the way through the show? Well, it has to be a workshop. Ideally, the answer should be yes. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if it doesn't really work out or if we notice that it does take a lot from us, we might not really use it throughout the whole show. It might be used for particular scenes where we might want to like draw the audience's attention to hey that what's happening right now is important it could drive you crackers couldn't it yeah yeah that, that's that's my worry uh, as well like I don't want people living and being like this was a headache this was a headache of a show <laughs> but then I think it might just become like white noise quite t a clock ticking yeah. or something you just don't notice it so much true we also really like the heartbeat and sounds like heavy breathing sometimes but obviously mixed together not like individually just like someone pressing a button like a bit of more sound mixing is going to have to take place for all these to happen on stage that'll be interesting because i think everyone reacts really differently to different noises don't they yeah. everyone has a tune in differently so some people might not even notice it and other people might be really focusing on it and as with everything i feel like especially with smell for example i feel like every sense is vastly different for people. Some people might find, for example, like a heartbeat noise very like endearing, whereas others might find it very anxiety inducing for their own specific reasons, which I think is really, really nice and interesting uh, because you can never be sure. But at the same time, I like the fact that people will interpret their own way. They're watching the same thing, but it's going to be different for everyone. And I really, really do enjoy that aspect. And what does your schedule look like then for the next um, couple of months until the show's on? So we have our rehearsal dates booked in, let's say. Now it's a lot of admin stuff going on because that's also a part of the process. Like, And it can be overlooked, but at the same time, there's a lot to go through. So we are heavily focusing on the admin bits right now and rehearsals are due to start July. So it's going to be super fresh for the Camden Fringe. It is going to be very fresh, yeah. And where are you on? We are on at the Etc. Theatre, Sunday the 20th of August and Monday the 21st. Sunday is at 5pm, Monday is at 7pm. That's brilliant. Oh, thank you so much for talking to us. It sounds very exciting. Hello, Sam and Corey. Lovely to meet you. Hello. Would you be able to introduce yourselves? So I'm Sam. I have written, directed, choreographed, and I'm also performing in Your Right. And I am Corey, and I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's described as a very intriguing mix of dance and comedy. Is this something that you've dabbled in before? Yes. Yeah, so my background is in 
contemporary dance and physical theater. Uh, but I also perform uh, as a comedian. I do a lot of improv. And in the past few years, those two worlds have really started to collide more in my creative practice. So this project is kind of a really big cross collaboration between my work in comedy writing and my work in dance. Yeah. And I'm um, predominant, well, I am a dancer. So I am really interested in how we can make people laugh through dance. So when Sam brought this to me, I was like, this is perfect. It's an unusual mix, isn't it? You don't often hear of such a thing as comedy dance. Yeah. You find that um, a lot of choreographers will use humour in their work, in quotes. But yeah, there's not a lot of emphasis on like trying to develop joke writing and really use comedy techniques in making dance or physical theatre. So it's fun to like try something new in that way. Yeah, because I think with physical theatre, we're often trying to tell a story through movement and often text whereas with this there's a 40 minute script while we are also using our bodies to convey things um, sometimes in a really extreme way or a stylistic way or a caricature I guess. yeah really looking at the kind of a character study rather than trying to develop a theme or some sort of complex narrative because it's quite a mundane story but we really get to see these two characters fleshed out by both how they move and how they talk and so is it just you two yeah two person show and is it quite collaborative coming up with the movement the movement process is very collaborative so we'll sometimes work with tasks where we'll kind of have an idea of uh, a kind of a a journey that we want to go on physically and we'll do a lot of improvisation around that Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes we'll just give ourselves uh, some sort of scenario like oh you're trying to run away or we're like arguing and then we'll put on some music and kind of uh, use improvisation as a basis for that yeah um but I think we have quite an equal relationship in that like there's a lot of like no I don't think that's going to work like oh I actually think this is a much better idea um so we really get to work in that and we've been using a specific I guess scene where we're using mannerisms that we would use you know, when we're like this when we're talking I'm moving my hands around (laughs) um and exaggerating that so then it becomes more of a full body yeah a fuller thing did you both train together so we did youth dance together so we were both in the national youth dance company of scotland Mm -hmm. um and and i actually did a degree in politics before training with the yasmin vardaman company as part of jv2 which is like a post-grad dance company and so that was like a year-long physical theater contemporary dance course And I trained at the Scottish School of Contemporary Dance in Dundee. And during my time in training is when we met with MYDCS, the National Company of Scotland, Youth Company. Um, And then I done uh, another year down in West Sussex and Chichester on a course called Map Dance. And it's somewhat similar in ways to the, the JV2. So we've just kept in contact. Where are you both based now? I live in London. Um, and Corey actually has come down from Edinburgh. Yeah. Because oh, wow. you've moved around a bit then. Tell me about it. I was in Dundee and then I tried London for, no, I'd done Dundee, Chichester, London, then pandemic, then Chichester, now I'm back in Edinburgh. So we've, we've been all over the place. Yeah. And how do you prepare your bodies for doing something like the Camden Fringe? 
So it's very similar to like uh, with lockdown shows that we have a full warm up uh, when we're in the middle of a creation period right now where we're really developing the show. And we start every morning with at least like 30 to minutes to an hour of warming up. And that's just quite important when we're doing contact work and lifting and those sorts of things to make sure that you're both really physically ready. And it also helps to kind of bring in the repetition of the show mm-hmm. um in i think a lot of dance training is like rehearsal and repetition of movement is very important uh and so i think we bring that um kind of ethos into the theater making space yeah yeah we're always like okay we we need to do that but again or okay let's go for like a walk and talk so it's like we're gonna walk it and we're gonna mark it and say some lines as we go and then we're gonna okay and then we're gonna okay we'll do it again do you see yeah. what i mean so it's that kind of like repeating Getting the reps in and out repetition allows you to kind of handle the physical things because once it's really, really in your body, then you're very free to kind of dive into the character. Yeah. Um, so you're thinking less about the physical components. They're, they feel like less like they're sandwiched on top of each other rather than they're coming out at the same time. Who is the show aimed at? Are you looking for people who are into dance, people who are into comedy, or just people who are kind of open-minded and into seeing something quite different and fringy? So I think this is a really great show for people who maybe have never seen any contemporary dance. And I think it's a great new thing for comedy audiences who aren't used to seeing a lot of physical things. In general, the show is aimed at like queer people. It's a really it's a fun, silly show that's really physical. And you get to see two characters who dislike each other um, kind of navigate a night out. And I think that... Because the show has a narrative, uses a lot of humor and all those sorts of things, I think it makes it seem less intimidating than some contemporary dance can. Because you often get the feedback like, oh, I don't know about dance. or Like, how do I understand it? There are some parts where, you know, we're encouraging you to maybe think and it might not be as obvious. But generally, you want people to come away and be able to say, I understood what happened there. Because the story is like Sam was saying, fairly mundane. We've just like vamped it up. My character has a lot of moments where um, we, the audience will see like a visual externally of how the character is feeling internally. And we hope that that'll, you know, it'll be obvious, you know, it really is that bad. Both comedy and dance audiences we're targeting. Or anybody who likes to watch just like silly gay stuff. Yeah. Anybody who wants to laugh. Do you think in the future you might bring your politics degree into your dance? So I actually do think that um, like the kind of political thinking is very important when you're making art. Um, I do think that because I have studied in politics, um, I don't make as much overt political work. Um, because I uh, I think I'm more interested in like the soft power and relationships and kind of like interpersonal politics that comes out of it. And you kind of see like the the way that these like different characters' identities intersect and the way that they handle conflict, which kind of reflects uh, a political thinking, maybe. <laughs> I really want to come and watch this one. So tell us when and where we can see it. Your Right is on at Camden People's Theatre from July 31st to August 3rd at 7.15 each night. We have an amazing original score by a composer called Jan Baranowski. Um, So, yeah, there's like lots of fun, different things in the show. Lovely. And are you in Absurdicles as well? I am in Absurdicles. 
We'll give that a plug too. Yeah, so we've got Absurdicles at Camden Comedy uh, on the 17th, 18th and 19th of August. And it is an improvised Greek tragedy. Um, so if you like Greek tragedies and you like dumb comedy that is also really, really funny and silly, then come along. <laughs> I think everyone likes those things. Truly universal topics. Yeah. Well, they were very interesting, weren't they? Yes, lovely. Lovely, lovely people. I'm excited to see these shows. Very excited. So if you're excited to see a show, book a ticket for it. Camdenfringe.com camdenfringe.com is where you can get your tickets we're on social media as at camdenfringe apart from on instagram and now threads we are where we are at the camdenfringe next week we are going to be talking to three female-led shows about high heels shopping and chocolate lipstick all of those things that ladies like cooking cleaning products bye Bye.